Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Walking Dead TV Podcast, episode 348. This is Russ, and I have Aaron and Daryl with me. Hey-o. Hey. All right. Uh, so we are into the tales, the tales of The Walking Dead, finally, the long-awaited anthology show. Yes. So we're going to cover. Keep these tales wagging. That's what I say so far. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, what was the dog's name? <laughs> Gilligan, of course. Gilligan, yes. Oh. R.I.P. Gilligan. Um, yeah, so we, we uh, a little bit of scheduling snafu last week, so we're going to cover um, the first two episodes of Tales this week. Um, first, we're going to do a little bit of news, very, very little. We kind of touched on this last episode when we did the, the Comic-Con uh, thing, but a little bit more, I guess, came out of the Sarah Wayne Callies, uh interview she did on Bernthal's podcast. Um, and I, I, I still need to go back and, and watch this thing. What's his um, podcast called? Is it like Burning Rubber or something? The Real it's, Ones. I think the it's real? called The Real Ones. There it is. The Real Ones. Okay. Not to yeah. be confused with Hot Ones. He's not eating chicken wings. Bro. No, that's a, that's a different... That's a He's different eating deal. people. Is that what it is? Because it's zombies. That, yes. Yes. <laughs> that was true. Every week on the show, I interview a guest that we eat people. And we eat people. <laughs> See which one throws up first. Watch uh, American Jiggle on Showtime. Me, John Bernthal. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude's busy. Dude's all over the place. He, all yes, over, he know. is. He's very like busy. we own the city from the guy from the from David Simon. Great, like, it was terrific. He's amazing. Yes. Got it. He should get an Emmy. He's not nominated. It sucks. Yeah, he. Um, it's funny. That's where I first kind of heard about his podcast because apparently oh, okay. he. The focus of of the show is he kind of hence the title. He kind of interviews just like regular people. Okay. Um, you know, typically non celebrities. So he'll talk to like. Firefighters and policemen and EMTs and Joe the teachers. Plumber. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Our hero, Joe the Plumber. Yes, yeah, for sure. America's hero. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh. But yeah, to kind of just get a different perspective on 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 things, and apparently he's pretty. Uh. I, I don't know. I've heard very good things. I haven't. Like I said, I'm I sure it's fine. It. I like John Birdall. I just didn't know yeah. he did a podcast. I'm like, how's who? How do these guys have the time to do a podcast? I know, like, right? <laughs> Yeah, I can barely do a, do a podcast. podcast. John Bernthal's like doing podcasts. Who doesn't do a podcast now? How, yeah, like, I mean, no shade at Michael Rosenbaum, but like, yeah. he's, his, his podcast is actually very good. Like, I, there's a lot of episodes I, I really enjoy. The, the uh, perpetually with, busy Michael Rosenbaum. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Right. That, that's my point. Like, he, he, he had the armchair with Dax over there. <laughs> yes. Doing his VO for uh, for Guardians. but Look, he get um, built in sponsors, so that's. That's a yeah. thing. Well, now they're doing that Smallville deal, so that's like one of those produced podcasts. I just listened uh, they, to they, they start, did they, start a, they start a Smallville podcast? Is yeah, one of those. Yeah, they're like four episodes in. I just start. I listened to it today. I just found we out. Should, yeah. We should start a podcast about us doing the original episodes of The Walking Dead. Yes. <laughs> a retrospective yes. on The Walking Dead TV podcast. You know what? That'd be amazing. <laughs> yes. 
it'd be great because I'm not on like the first season, so like, I'd have a lot of fun. <laughs> I would, I would do that. Brad was on the first season, so it, it uh, oh, it'd be especially uh, fun. It'll, yeah. yeah, it'll be it'll be awesome to hear your uh, hot takes, on Mister New Earth. Um, good stuff. John anyway. Brimble should interview Brad. He's like a nobody that sucks. That's good, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'll <Love> stop. <laughs> um, but no, she was on uh, Bernthal's podcast like we talked about last time, and apparently she just had a lot to say about Frank Darabont and was pretty candid about his departure from the show and how she felt the difference in specifically the writing and just the general direction the show went post Darabont versus while he was there and just talks about, um, you know, just, just the way that he prepared, you know, uh, scripts and, and the actors and everything else. So I, it, again, I'm, I'm, I keep meaning to, to listen to it cause it sounds like it was pretty, pretty interesting. I'm always a fan of like candid things. Uh-huh. Like I, I think people can be candid without being a holes. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to give that a listen. So it's funny. Like um, we should rewatch these old, I don't, I, I don't know if you guys rewatch any of these. I, I haven't rewatched like the no. first season or the second season ever. Like, so it's beyond like, I, I've thought about it, yeah, but like, no, I've really thought about it recently. Because, I mean, that's, that's, you know, 11, 12 years ago at this point, And it's like, this show has certainly evolved, but like TVs yeah. evolved in that time. And it's, you know, you weren't yes. getting a Frank Darabont to do a show, be a showrunner on a television show all the time. But nowadays, you do have, you know, obviously there is prestige TV before and after oh. The Walking Dead, but there's certainly like even more filmmakers that are like, yeah, I'll make a six episode HBO or Showtime series or whatever. I, I'm curious if these, the early episodes of The Walking Dead kind of stack up to some of the prestige TV that you see coming out of certain channels. Right. Uh, you know what? I did watch uh, the old. I think the first or second season because they have that um, on Pluto. They have the uh, Walking Dead channel, and it just happened to you know I just okay. was flipping and I it just was on and I was just, I sat down and just uh-huh. started watching it just uh you know just because I've not I have not watched any of this stuff for you know since it came on since yeah. it first came on it was something to see especially yeah. knowing where where it goes it's humble beginnings <laughs> yeah yeah it is yes. there, you, 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 yeah. I'm not thinking like it's going to be like it's going to change my world and be like, oh, this was actually amazing or whatnot. Like, you know, I'm sure the same reservations that I have are there, but I, I could I could see there being like a difference in tone and difference in like pacing and what have you that right. reflects what he was doing as a filmmaker coming to TV versus, right. you know, guys that are more familiar with just doing like, you know, network shows or what have you. Yeah, yeah it's funny. I'm. Um not to get too far off track, we'll, we'll get into the show, but I, since better call Saul ended, I started rewatching uh-huh. breaking bad mm-hmm. and it's interesting going back and watching the first season of breaking bad mm-hmm. and knowing how that show ends and how the visual style of better call Saul picked up a lot from breaking bad, you know, just mm-hmm. the, the, especially in a lot of the camera work and stuff like that, that we'll see, that I always thought was there from the beginning with breaking bad. And now going back, like the pilot is even though it's, it's Gilligan, Vince Gilligan, who, you know, did a lot of that quirky mm-hmm. camera, you know, like let's mount the camera on the toilet seat yeah. or let's mount the camera on the, you know, on the car door as it opens and cl- like all that kind of stuff. Like none of that was there in the pilot. Like it is a very just, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Yeah, I guess yeah. you're trying to sell it. So it also evolves over time or what happened. Right. Too, so. 
Yeah, but it's funny to just go back and see like, oh, all these things that I kind of associate with the look and feel of Breaking Bad mm-hmm. weren't right. there no, like, in the first you. so many episodes. Like you start to see hints of it. Yeah. Um, you know where they do the you know where it's like they're cleaning up mess on the floor and it's shot from the perspective that the floor is transparent and yeah. you know, they're kind of cleaning like that stuff is kind of the beginnings of it. Um, but not the weird kind of camera perspective. Yeah. Breaking stuff. Bad wasn't um, Breaking Bad until it got going. Yeah. So it would be interesting, I think, to go back to and rewatch. Yeah, that for like you're saying, the first season of Walking Dead, and just kind of see not only different showrunners and different you know directors and stuff, but just also like just kind of tonally, you know, where it was at until they kind of got their got mm-hmm. their footing. So anyway, so Tales of, of the Walking Dead. Yeah, Tales. Before we get to that, though, we oh, do yeah, have that's a right. Oh, by yeah. doing getting way out of hand here. <laughs> You're getting mm-hmm. getting ahead of yourself there. Um, so we we put out a contest um, based on Fear the Walking Dead and the the acronym of Padre, and um, we solicited folks to um, put what they thought was the acronym for for Padre, and we mentioned that when we started Tales, if if the show itself didn't tell us what it was, that we would. Uh, that that the deadline would be the show, and so we've had we had a few entries. Some people did more than one, which is totally fine. Um, and so we unscientifically amongst the group just kind of um, re- read them aloud and and just kind of gauged what got the best reaction and what we did. Um, and the winner for for this contest was Susan hey. Monk, and her entry was "People Against the Dead Rising from the Earth." Yeah, which I yeah. Was fairly clever. So, um, if you would email, you can email the show walking, um, uh, you can just send, send it to me, just uh, Russ at HHWLOD.com. Um, send it to me or WDTV at HHWLOD.com, whichever. Um, if you, if you, if you'd like the, the prize that you have so gratefully earned, um, I'll be happy to mail it out to you, but, um, but the prize that, uh, that I pulled out of the closet is uh, the five issues of Skybound X, the comic um, that kind of are the, the wacky tales of the, of, of Rick and, and company that they released a few years ago, um, which also happens to have, I think the was the first appearance of Clementine in a, in a comic um, in one of those issues. So I'll give you one, one copy each of the first five. Um, and then I've had sitting around for quite some time. I think since the show started, if you could believe that, um, a season one Blu-ray set of the show. So it's walking the, the main show, the walking dead uh, season one. I've got a Blu-ray set that um, if I opened it, it was only just to check it out. I don't think I actually ever watched it. So um, if you send me your address and info, I will hopefully within the next couple weeks, I will gladly uh, mail this out to you. So thanks everybody for, uh, for indulging us. So the next time we talk about a contest, you never know what kind of prizes we might have. So, all right, so we're going to talk about episodes one and two of Tales of the Walking Dead. Um, and the first episode we're going to talk about is Evie and Joe. So it's interesting. These, these episodes are just kind of named about the, the, after the people um, that, uh, that the shows are about. Um, and, of course, this one stars primarily Terry Crews and Olivia Munn. Um, so generally speaking, what do you what do you guys what do you guys think of this anthology format that they're doing for this show? I I didn't any, know. It any, took, any, I guess I didn't really put much thought into it till I watched it. Like it was one of those things where just I you know I know they were doing it, but I didn't think about how they were 
you know, how the stories would be put together, what to, what they would be allowed to do and not do in this in this world. So I I would say it surprised me, happily surprised me. Aaron, any initial uh, I'm thoughts? Digging this, like I like this first one, but the second one like threw me through not no pun, but threw me through a loop because I just didn't expect it to go that route. Mm-hmm. So what I yeah I, I like I appreciate just ch- like it's actually changing up like how things should work. It's not just a the exact same tone as The Walking Dead, but you know through one one and done characters. Um, so if that's like the route we're going to keep going here. I'm happy to see a TV show embrace being a TV show, especially an anthology TV show. Right. Like I'm, I'm sure there's going to be more dramatic ones or what have you, but like mm-hmm. I, these two are very entertaining um, and feel like they tell a well-rounded story that I'm satisfied with by the end. So I, I'm pretty happy with what I've seen so far more so than when, you know, like the world beyond, which had so much potential and didn't give us anything. Yeah. So, you know, essentially the story with Evie and Joe is Joe is he's kind of like like Terry Crews plays a really good. There's two things that Terry Crews does really well in this episode. He kind of plays mm-hmm. this adorable dorky guy. And then he also has the greatest. I'm annoying. I'm annoyed <laughs> face like of anybody. Like when he puts that face yeah. on, like, I'm just annoyed with you. Not not a mad, not angry, yeah. just like seriously annoyed. Um but he kind of plays like a loner prepper kind of guy that we kind of get the impression that he's spent most of his life preparing for the end of the world and like communicating with other preppers. And he's, you know, he's, you know, now that the world is actually ended and this is, I think 400 and some odd between 405 and like 450 days since, since everything kind of collapsed. And so he's just been kind of down in his, man cave uh slash uh bunker and uh with his dog gilligan and you know just has his his setup like he watches his sports he has his memorabilia he kind of has his routine um you know he takes the the dog out he's got everything you know fairly well protected um and he's kind of like a goof like he's kind of like just kind of like a dorky kind of goofy guy which is really funny when it's you Terry Crews. you know transpose <laughs> yeah, that with, right, you know exactly. this ultra fit yeah this ultra fit big you know Terry Crews guy you know to have him just be kind of this nerdy dorky guy is i i i really just liked him playing kind of across type like that i um what i what i like about it is that it well it is Terry Crews and it's just more proof that he's very good at things. <laughs> like, yes. Uh, you know, I, I can pick, like, limits that he may have as far as range goes, but, like, I like that he's, you know, between this and Brooklyn Nine-Nine for multiple, you know, six, seven seasons, like, he's great. Like, he's a, he, he very much knows how to utilize his mass in, in a way that I think works for this kind of stuff where he can be inherently comedic. Um, and, and play into a certain persona that you know subverts things about him while also embracing them. I, yeah, and he can be very vulnerable. Yes, at which I yeah, which I yes. I believe that vulnerability. Yeah, I do. Like I, I've, yes. I've seen him in uh, many things over the years. Even his own. He, he of course he did a reality show before with his family. Like through all of that, he's he's been able to. There's just that that vulnerable side of him that he can just put. He can just open himself up. You you feel like he's opening himself up. Um, and there's a part in the in the episode where she kind of peels him open. 
in a way. Um, and he just looks so wounded. Yeah. Uh, they both played wounded very well. Like Olivia Munn, I was never, I didn't think that she was the greatest of actors, especially when she first started. But I will say for this episode, I really, really thought she did a great job. Like I, she played it differently than I've seen her in other things. I think lately, the last couple of years, she's gotten really better. Roles. There's a, she's, yeah, yeah. She's gotten really better. Uh, go ahead. She's come a long way. I mean, me too. You know, yeah. Yeah, my exposure to Olivia Munn was Attack of the Show Olivia Munn, right? right? Like where, you know, just kind of talk show host, you know, goofy Olivia Munn. And then when she first started, you know, like you look back at her role in Iron Man 2 and it's like, oof, like kind of cringe. But but yeah, to to your point, like she is like where she's you you look at her performance in Iron Man 2 and look at something like this or even like um, what was that show? She was uh, the the Uh, the Sorkin show. The Newsroom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, like I mean they tried. Right? To, yeah, so. she's been typecast a lot as hot girlfriend or hot woman with a professional job that sometimes gets to say really something, you know, something really smart because she's so pretty. How dare she be able to say something smart and be pretty, kind of thing? And she kind of shed that kind of, um, you know, place they kept trying to, you know, put her in. And now she's doing roles where she's kind of, she's more well-rounded as a character. And I think she really played that up really I'll just, well. I'll just note that last year there was a movie called Violet that she's the star of. Um, that's yes. pretty great um, as yeah. far as utilizing her as a mistreated woman who uh, mm-hmm. deals deals with that in various ways. That's the one I was thinking of. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. When I said she's gotten... You know, I, I think she's she's really improved in her acting. <laughs> Not Shane Black's The Predator. <laughs> she's good at hiding her disgust for being in the um, movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So so anyway, so t- Terry Crews Joe. He you know at one point the dog needs to go out and Gilligan. Gilligan, yes. And um, the, you know the zombies start attacking. Things get a little tense. The dog leaps in to kind of protect his owner, and he ends up getting bit um, and and killed. Ugh. And at that point, like his life truly falls apart. Like yeah. it, they really do a good job of showing like the mundane. You know, when they were showing the routine before, he's like happy go lucky, smile on his face. You know, doing what he loves. Even when the dog seems like he. You know, he can't, uh, he's getting old and can't control his bladder. He's like, it's okay, buddy. Like, you know, he's, he's Mr. Happy-go-lucky and just kind of content. And then after the dog dies, like, he can't sleep. He's yeah. tossing and turning. He's unhappy. And a lot of this is happening through montage, which is... Uh, yes. Well, I should know. This, this episode is directed by Ron Underwood. Ron Tremors Underwood directed this episode. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I need, I was just like, well, got Ron Underwood for it. Okay, cool. Oh. He's been around. <laughs> That's yeah. Thanks. Thanks. <clears throat> yeah. So Terry packs up his electric motorcycle? Question mark. Gas solar? Motor- like <laughs> maybe. Uh, it looks like it has uh, panels on it. It did. Yes. It did. Yeah. Um, I tried not to think too hard about that because I was like, really, he's gonna travel. But anyway, so he 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 goes back through some of his um, I guess text logs or whatever to a person he communicated with in the prepper community that 
um, seem just as dedicated as even maybe more so than he was that lives in Michigan. He's in Ohio. And so he decides he's going to take a road trip and just, just you know, shoot a shot, you know, friend. just that's, that's right. right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So he's going to try and, and find her. And of course, along the way runs into Olivia Munn's Evie. And you kind of quickly find out that she's pretty much just as dorky right. as he is. Like they are both Very like awkward. she's kind yeah. of she's a new agey person where he's or just a dork. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sort of. But also can like knows, you know, crazy jujitsu. Uh, uh, capoeira. Like, <laughs> well, don't we all? I mean, yes. It's just so funny that she's almost playing a caricature of like the whole like oh we did this intensive of uh, you know macrame <laughs> class and she it's like all these buzzwordy yeah. like very hippie kind of you mean like, New York intensives and like um you mean New York do I it does feel that way I, I could say <laughs> I guess honestly so. that I I I've met her before many <laughs> they exist <laughs> it's it. Almost like a kind of like a like a Gwyneth Paltrow goop yes. kind of like uh, yes. like lifestyle I like I summed person. It up with you know, what he described it. Okay. <laughs> we, we want to dig deep, like drinking tea with yeah, little I'm, bubbles I'm, in it. I'm, I don't like. That. I'm going deep. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't I'm going deep. So it's just like every situation comes up, she has some sort of uh, like knowledge of right. or information of or you know anyway. So just it's kind of it's almost again it's almost it's taken to the extreme. So it's almost, com- you know, it's, it's kind of comedic that, you know, she, she would, you know, like a person that's never really had a job, just kind of gone from like, I'm going to train in this to train in that, to kind of see what I'm doing. All right. Um, professionals. Yes. We have that. And of course she yeah. does not trust Joe. Like she makes him put handcuffs on. She's, you know, mm-hmm. has a gun on him, you know, forces him to, uh, to take her on the road trip because she wants to go find her ex husband. Um, who had issues of his own and had some sort of breakdown. And the way he dealt with the breakdown was to paint the people that he hated. And so she's, <laughs> she's going after him. Uh, so again, now it comes a road trip. I, I do like this, this episode. I really, I really liked visually. Like it was, yeah, it's well shot. The, the one thing yeah. I'll say about these in both of these episodes so far, uh, I, I've complained in the past and I, I think it's an in, intentional to some degree but just the way that the video is compressed and dark and and whenever you have a lot of dark and you compress the shit out of your video, it Crush. tends to look very m- muddy and rough. Yeah. These are very bright, very well lit, mm-hmm. very like they looked good. Yeah, like watching even on episodes, my phone. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just from a fidelity standpoint, they looked mm-hmm. very good. It's tone, you know, it's it's playing yeah. up this yes. more comedic bent. So and that's, you know, you don't shoot comedies in the dark. <laughs> like It's going to. Yes. It's taking on a, a certain kind of atmosphere and it, it, you know, it pays off. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it from here, it kind of turns into a typical kind of road trip beat kind of thing. Like, they, of course, they start getting a little closer to each other. Um, they. uh of course, the the motorcycle gets stolen at one point, <laughs> and so they're left on foot. Be fair, they, be fair. You know, of course, it's, they it's um, unfavorably traded for a baby lamb. That's what. Yeah, for a baby <laughs> lamb. Yes, yes. And then they're they're stuck with a goat. So of course they they end up uh, going their separate ways, and uh, Joe comes across. He finally comes to to Sandra, who 
brings him in. And this part was really funny because he's like, <laughs> when the camera's on him and the zombies are closing in and he's looking at the camera, he's like, you know me, you know who I am. And he's just like, yeah, it was just so silly. Like he's just kind of being like silly and goofy, but I was, it, I, I just found it very funny and charming. Um, so of course, Sandra lets him in, um, immediately starts. Yeah, he didn't watch get out brownie at all that. Um, yeah, apparently not. White lady um, waiting to greet him. <laughs> Food. What one brownie not sharing it? I don't know about exactly. This <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, what's funny is he's like nibbling at it very, like taking very tiny bites. Like, well, he doesn't. He doesn't yeah. do carbs. Yeah, well, so, true. You know, it's, yeah, that's it's, a thing. It's, it's a new. It's a new thing. Good point. Yes. He's not that good an actor. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. And her bunker is like super elaborate. Like it's like multi leveled. Oh. Like there's track lighting. Yeah, it's like a high tech. Yeah. It's like <laughs> concrete, you know, the, like the whole nine. Like this is the, the Cadillac of, of, uh, of bunkers. Started thinking Sam Rockwell is going to start dancing down the aisle or something. Yeah. <laughs> and so, of course, we find out that Sandra is not who she appears. You know, she turns on. What? Yeah, yes. <laughs> she turns on Joe pretty quick. And of course, Evie yes. comes to find him. And then oh. wait, 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 wait. one would have to wonder, like, if because her motive seems to be, I don't want you here because you might be trying to like get others to get me or something along those lines. And it's like, well, I, I got you... the sense that she was attacked. She she let someone in the first time. And yeah, yeah. She's, her. She, she yeah. obviously deal. She's dealing with stuff. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I just it, got the impression she was just off. Like, I mean, yeah, but off, off caused by you know the, the apocalypse. I mean, right. Like, I mean, oh, see, I just I thought she was off pre-apocalypse. Like, I mean, you're probably like a bunker planner person. Like, no offense to bunker planner people, but it's like you're, you're certainly like you're in a certain frame of mind to begin with. But, but you know, I kind of like that they threw. It. Yeah, this isn't your shipping container that's buried no. in the backyard. Like, yeah, this is this is Pretty a step elaborate. beyond. But, that, I, but sure. I do like that she's just not. I mean, they gave her some kind of backstory where where she was attacked. And that set off whatever thing, you know, those buttons that were already there to make her, you know, kind of stay that way. But my, my only thought was, well, why'd she let him in to begin with? <laughs> like, right. Leave, about, leave exactly. him out there. Let him get eaten by the zombies. Sorry, the toe tags. They call yeah. them toe tags. Yeah. Right. I like that. That's a good one. Toe tags. Yes, I like she that. She likes watches. Yes. <laughs> yes. She's, yes, she's also a serial killer because she's got yeah. her little uh, yeah. collection going. Um. Yeah, so it just gets real weird real fast, and of course Evie shows up, and uh, they get. Of course, they get into that uh, badass fight where she gets to show off her skills, um, and, I, I, and then um, Terry Crews ends up burying an axe in her yeah. chest, and, and it was an happy like, ending. Whoa. Um, why don't it, they stay the in the bunker? It, I was like, <laughs> That's what why I thought. They just stay in the bunker. <laughs> like, well, how did you leave? Yeah, I was like, there. why don't they just stay in the bunker? <laughs> we, we did skip past it. So, w- when Evie gets to her destination, she finds yeah. the the cabin or whatever mm-hmm. that her ex husband was at. Finds a bunch of paintings of people that look very disfigured and like angry painted, and she comes across the last painting of right. herself, and it's portrayed very beautifully like it's very you know it's it's a it's a good representation of her so she realizes oh he really did love me like he didn't paint me like these people he hates he painted me like somebody he loved and so 
you know, he's either dead or gone or whatever. And so, so yeah, so, but you know, by the end, of course, you know, she saves Joe, the two of them take the goat and decide to go. To be fair, wait, wait, because there's, there's one other thing that amused me because, because early on Evie gives Joe the, um, the crystal oh, yes. necklace to yes. like help his, his aura or whatever. Necklace. And it ends up fucking saving his life. Yeah. Check off necklace. <laughs> oh my God. It saved it his did. life. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She goes to cleave him with the, with the hatchet or whatever, and it hits him in the chest, but it's stopped by the, by yeah. the crystal. Yeah. The next is funny. And then he, then he throws an ax into, into her, her chest. And then they're like, let's, let's we, we've killed hundreds of zombies, but we should probably just leave this one alive in the bunker and we should go out into the wilderness. Yes. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, I wish they had an end credit scene where it says, why did we leave the bunker? Yeah. And then they just is. go back. Maybe they'll go back one day. Yeah. And there's there's a little bit of a kind of a heartwarming scene at the end where Joe is just like he kind of comes to the realization that he feels like he's wasted his entire life. Like mm-hmm. I've I I spent my life preparing for the end and then I got there and I was prepared, but yet I have nothing. And so she kind of is like, Well, start now. Like it's not too late. Like you can start mm-hmm. living living your life and doing and doing something and so yeah, so the two of them take their goat and Walk off down the road. Thematically, I understand this as far as why they're not staying in the bunker. Well, it's like the whole arc yes. of Joe's character is that he's learning. Right. That he's, yes. He spent yeah, his yeah. life in a bunker. He needs to get out. It's just, you know, it's a pretty nice bunker. The world got to shit. Like, what are you going to find out there? But, I, you know, what do I know? <laughs> but, it, I, yeah, I did. It was a nice little um, kind of thing of instead of always having your head down, you know, worrying about everything, there are people out here <laughs> in front of you that you yeah. can you know, be experiencing life yeah. with. They really it was a life. nice. Yeah, go they really life of Brian to this one. Pretty much. Well, always really look at the bright side. Always. <laughs> always. Yeah. Especially when you have a goat. Uh-huh. It's always important. Yes. As far as I'm concerned, they are the goat. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So it was just like, it was again, quirky yeah. offbeat, you know, uh, I, I did like the roadshow aspect of it. Like the, the using the road, road signs um to um you know the welcome to and you know to kind of show their journey Um, so they traveled by map and then and then uh, yeah yes yes and and then the bit where (laughs) like he's tired of listening to her so he puts the headphones in and has yeah has the charlie pride song (laughs) so hearing terry cruz sing (laughs) (laughs) Like it's a fun episode, that, but that I was, do like really I do like the work done for these characters. Like there's I a do, version yeah. there's a version of this where it'd just be annoying. Yes, uh, to watch some of these things play out, like having him like you know his big hulking body strapped to a chair that he can't get out of somehow, and it's like well, and especially because we we know he's yes. good, so we have to kind of bear with this where they're inevitably going to like start liking each other. But hey, you know what? I I liked what they did to make that work and not belabor the point too long. Like right. it's a good it's a good like. The, the thing that we've talked about this podcast plenty is how we yes. like these kind of one-off episodes with the characters on the show, right? And this is this whole anthology series is exactly that. And as long as you know the writing stays that kind of with that kind of consistency, like regardless of the tone, it still just means good character-driven episodes. And so I'm happy with how this one turned out. Yeah, I was able to do things that it didn't have to fall into any kind of you know thing of like a show, you know, like like with the show if they were going to continue it. They can kind of kind of get away from that. It could have been sitting in that, you know, like they could have did a longer thing or, or got really dark with the episode. And I'm glad that they didn't yeah. any darker than it was. I think mm-hmm. it was the right tone. They also let some F-bombs fly in this one. There's like a few. They sure did. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're watching all on like the app or whatever at this point. I don't know. Yeah, how, how AMC's broadcasting it if they drop it or whatever. They don't necessarily need to at this point. They probably did that thing where they, you know, it just drops out. Yeah, it just drops out. Sure, they did. Yeah. Well, cool. So, do we do we have any listener feedback? Do we or what? What did we? Well, we do. But let me real quick. Yeah. So, I made an executive decision since I watched this episode and reviewed it. And it's like, oh, we gotta. I gotta post the the ratings. I I, I decided. And I hope you guys can go along with this. That we should, in honor of the the poor deceased dog, we should be Gilligan ratings. I'm I'm down with the, that. For I am so down with that. I'm a dog guy. Okay, right. so the the official rating system, um, as opposed to the Busters or the Tobies or the Big Mo's, Big Mo's. Thank you. I was like Homer's. <laughs> <laughs> the Big Mo's, the Gilligan ratings are the official ratings for Tales of the Walking Dead. And with that in mind, I, I give this four four Gilligans. I like I like this as a debut episode of this series. Like I'm into this. I'm into what this is doing. I'm also going to give it four. I I liked it a lot. I way more than I thought I was going was going to like it. Um, and I, again, I think the quirkiness of the two main characters, you know, while easily could have been annoying, actually worked really well. And now that you say that that it was directed by. The Ron Underwood of Tremors. Yes, it does. Yeah, Tremors, City Slickers. He's got yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's kind of the the motif of 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 that style. So yeah, four for me. Uh, yeah, I, I, all around four, all around. It, it definitely. I I did. I enjoyed it. I didn't think I would. I thought it would be a slow episode, and I wasn't gonna get into it. But I, it it had me. It really did. I I really. Like these characters, and they weren't. It wasn't like it was a big cast. It was, you know, could have been a stage play if yeah. they really wanted to do it. I messaged you guys while yeah. I was watching it. I got like, I, I, think, I was like, um, I was like, fifty minutes away from finishing. I'm like, guys, I unless this thing really shits the bed, I think it's going to be pretty great because it, it was uh, just really enjoying the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. which helps too because I mean. I'm guessing they did these for a fraction of the budget that they do the main show. I mean, yeah, yeah. you would think, you oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, limited amount of. I mean, obviously, Terry Crews and Olivia Munn are probably going to cost you a little more than you know some of the folks you would maybe hire oh, for the main sure. show. But, yeah. but but they're also you one know, off. Talking, and you pay them once. <laughs> you know? exactly. exactly. Yeah, you pay them once, and exactly. and you're not paying, you know, seventeen other people to you know to stand around for uh-huh. you know, four months while you shoot this thing. So. Yeah. All right. Well, we do have a uh, Gilligan uh, ratings from our. Our listeners from the old Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash WTV podcast. Um, so, yeah, I'll, let me go through those here. Uh, Kevin Barry writes, 3.75 cheers to my fellow Western Michigan University alumni Terry Crews out of five. Uh, I enjoyed this part of the Walking Dead world, even if this episode is a tad predictable. Bring on more tales. Uh, Tammy Heisley writes, I enjoyed this episode. Sierra, however, left the room. I would give it four Gilligans. I think we can guess Sierra's reading. <laughs> um, let's see and of course we have Yuki Hoshi Sawada he writes oh wow uh, Terry gives it four Terry's out of Terry five <laughs> I really like this and I think this is the shot in the arm the series needed I found Joe's story very interesting and fresh Evie's is okay but they both had great chemistry and if this comes back I wouldn't mind a follow up for them it's not a five because it was a little too clean on the on their travel no cars to drive half to move, have to move. Not that many walkers roaming about. Joe said it's been two years. Either Ohio was very prepared, or we know which show sibling gets the smaller allowance. Come by. 
So yeah, those are our, our Gilligan ratings for the first episode here. Excellent. All right, so we're going to move on to episode two, Blair and Gina. Um, I don't think we're going to spend as much time kind of walking, recapping uh, as we did one. The premise of this is um, Parker Posey plays Blair Crawford, who is just kind of your prototypical terrible human being, self-centered, uh, you know, shitty boss kind of character. Um, and Jillian Bell plays Gina, who's kind of this quiet secretary uh, type. Uh, they work in a insurance agency at the dawn. So this this is happening as the apocalypse Beginning. is starting. Yeah, right. Um, and for some reason, the insurance company is happy that people are going to be calling with claims. Business, baby. Um, yes, big business. Yeah, but insurance companies don't like uh, when you file claims. They like it when you don't file claims. This one does, baby. Well, she did. <laughs> Remember, it was just her who was happy. Yeah, um, and the one second. And so there, you know, obviously there's others uh, in in the office. The 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 one that I recognize the most was Kevin L. Johnson, yeah. who played Joel. Yeah. From um, uh, Ozark, he's he's been in other things, but but mo- the most recent thing I saw him in was was yeah o- he Ozark. up in a lot of stuff yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and so the this is very much just a ground de- uh, Groundhog Day episode yeah. um, which I was so into like the second yeah. I was like oh we're doing this we're going full time loop here okay yeah Great. it made me go what yeah. and then I yeah I, I so was the in. so the premise is. Blair, the crappy boss on the eve of the apocalypse, uh, is leaving for an extended weekend with her uh, fiance, and uh, they decide to stop at a gas station with everybody else. You know, you know, as they're getting reports in of like long lines and you know weird things happening and stuff. And again, the phones are ringing off the hook of the insurance agency. They're starting to kind of get a get a get a pick of it. So she leaves early. She kind of berates Jillian into making sure she doesn't leave before five, and she locks the door. And, and stops stealing and mugs just, from work. Any, just to, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. She. Um, I, I'm so into this because so, Parker Posey so, knows how to play this role. <laughs> she does. Just, like, she it's does. the kind of thing where yes. like, this is horrible yes. in real life, but it's somehow endlessly entertaining for me watching her do it in this episode. <laughs> Yes, and she's just dressed ridiculously, um, like she's wearing like a tree. Like, I don't know, like, like yes, she's got that fuzzy scarf and like that that uh, there's like uh, there's like astroturf vest or whatever that it Julian is. Bill comments on <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yes, um, and so they're they're waiting in in line for the gas, and she looks over and she sees a uh, silver Prius roll up to the to the mini mart, and Gina gets out. And she's like, what the hell? And so Gina goes into the convenience store. Everything's been ransacked. There's nothing there. And she goes back out to the car, looks over, sees a fuel truck that's refilling the fuel station, the fuel station, goes into her <laughs> trunk, pulls out a shotgun and decides to rob the, the, the steal the truck. At this point, Blair gets out and kind of intervenes. Uh, a DHS agent shows up Um Hilarity ensues, and the shotgun goes off, and the blows them all (laughs) blows them all up. Um, And it seems like the first go around, only Blair knew about the loop. Seems like that, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the impression I got. Yeah, yeah. And so then, of course, we repeat the day again, and and for the most part, um, things things kind of work. 
um, work the same way. And so they go through the same loop again. Um, And this time they see that the agent has bit on his hand, the DHS agent who's with his son um, trying to get out. He's bit on his hand. Um, And uh, the Gina gets in the, in the, I love that it's an automatic 18 wheeler that somehow this, this 18 wheeler uh-huh. has an automatic transmission, but sure. I get it. Um, so she ends up at this point taking the, the 18 wheeler and drives it ends up running off the road and the thing blows up. Again. And then she gets so caught up in this time loop this, as well. Yeah. And so at this point, then she, she does it. So they go through this a couple more times. Um, the next time, uh, she accidentally shoots like the, the, the shotgun goes off and she actually shoots the, the driver mm-hmm. of the truck and then Gina gets, gets bit. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, one of them, they, they, Gina goes after Blair. Um, they, they end up getting arrested and then they end up like rolling on the ground, fighting each other. Um, and then we just kind of have this montage where at this point they both understand like that this is a loop and that, you know, they know what's going on. So we just kind of get this montage of sequences where sometimes they get the two of them get further along than other times, you know, like Blair's jumping on the hood of the truck. And yeah, there's like one of them, Gina silly ways to do it with the truck with like intense turning and all this. Yes. <laughs> and one uh, of them, Gina turns into a zombie and bites Blair and they, uh-huh. and the, they, they both wake up. Um, and so after, after kind of the little montage, it, 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 it comes up again, and and this time Gina goes to you know her whole thing with going to the convenience store where she was hungry because she missed lunch and she wanted a snack. So because the, the vending the vending machine's next, broken, yeah, and the vending machine's broken, which she told her many times, and she just won't fix. Um, so she just smashes the vending machine, pulls all the crap out of it, <laughs> and then her and Blair just kind of have this like heart to heart over these over these snacks. Um, she decides like, hey, look. I just want to go get my brother and, and my nieces, like, please just stay here. Let me go do this. Let me have this thing. And so Gina takes off and Blair, of course, doesn't want her to have it. So she goes out there, finds a bunch of zombies walking towards her and basically says, says, come at me and let some bite her, which, which is funny because we actually saw this in the, the um, one of the big ad things as far as in the trailer. Yeah. So we weren't sure if maybe they were going to do like a weird, I think at the time we thought maybe she would be bit and like the rest of the episode would be us following her around yeah. like as as a zombie. <laughs> um so yeah, so it was kind of funny. So she starts the loop over again uh uh this way. And she uh, delivers and so one line that wrote a deck that just the delivery killed me where he's like I stayed here and got eaten. It was the worst way to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then, and then Blair or Jean asked her, like, how did it feel when I bit you? Like she asked her, like, how did, how did it feel? She, what did she say? Like, not good yeah. or something <laughs> like that. And she liked, she did it. That she had, she got a chance to do it. Yeah. So then they get, they go through the last loop here and they, they're able to go over and steal the truck by kind of, they, they kind of push everybody. Like the way they do it is they distract everybody into the lady that gets bit by that's driving around with her dead husband um because in every loop it's like you know in every loop she screams exactly the same like the scream is exactly the same um so and then it turns out that the son is like gets too close and the cop is trying to shoot but i guess he doesn't shoot the zombie in the head so like it's implied that the son is killed yeah uh 
And so they kind of they kind of feel bad f- about it for like three seconds, and then they <laughs> they kind of move on. Um, so the two of them end up stealing the gas truck. And they start going along, and you know Gina makes the point of like, "Hey, nobody's going to mess with us. We're in, we're basically in a bomb on wheels. Like you know that that's one of the reasons. Two things: we're on a bomb on wheels. Nobody's going to mess with us." And if it's truly the apocalypse, gasoline is going to be worth more than money. So they basically have a, a truck full of a, a, a bomb and uh, and also Fort Knox uh, traveling with them. So, of course, they come to a police blockade. They they skirt around it. And, of course, nobody shoots at them or anything. They make it to an overpass and they see like this huge traffic jam um, going on. So they both they stop the truck. They get out. They look um, over there and they could see people, you know, th- th- basically a horde coming. Like out of out of Atlanta, so this one takes place in Atlanta, yeah. by the way. Um, and they have the bright idea to pull the hose off the off the gas truck and just start raining gasoline down on on the from the overpass, and they're just going to burn up these zombies. And so first they, they tried um, the cool way. Yeah, first they tried the cool way because they've shown uh, Blair Parker Posey's character kind of smoking <laughs> a couple times, and so. So, of course, Blair pulls out a cigarette, lights it up, and she's going to do the flick the cigarette and light the gas on fire. And it, as it turns out, um, it, which is probably true, the, the cigarette just the gasoline puts out the cigarette. That's not um, how it works in the movies. And, not in the movies, but, <laughs> but pretty much in real life. Um, so then they take her scarf, her like ridiculously fuzzy scarf. <laughs> it's like her scarf. lucky neck scarf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It ain't very yeah. lucky. And light it on fire. Drop it down, and of course it ignites the gasoline. All the walkers get burnt up, and the people are able to escape. So you know they're they're run. You know the people that were down there were running away. They get to escape, and they start to walk well, the away. Truck explodes. And basic, <laughs> and basically, yeah, the get the 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 the, the fire and the fumes and everything get hit at get up, and the truck explodes, and the two of them kind of get knocked back, but they aren't dead. Um, and they look at their watches, and it's what like five oh one or something. They made it past five. O'clock. So the whole thing is like they, the, the the thing that breaks the loop is they make it past five o'clock for whatever reason. Um, and and it's so funny because the both of them sit up after being on the ground, and the entire like right side of their head, like the All hair singed. is completely yeah. singed. Yeah. Like it's almost like somebody took like garden shears and just like sheared off and melted the ends of their hair. It's for weird both because of like them. it's it's set, um, you know twenty ten like when the show started, but like they look like they're right out of an eighties movie, like the way they do. Uh, <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. Um, so the two of them realize like okay, this is they made it past five o'clock. <laughs> they just kind of walk off like a couple of there's badasses. A, there's a nice little thing because early <laughs> um, on there's a point where Jillian Bell, like during the time loop stuff, she confronts Blair in the office in front of all the other office people and like shouts at her about all the things that makes her horrible and that all the other workers don't like her either. And yes. for specific reasons. And so they, the one thing is that they mention uh, that the, the other woman in the office hates her hair. And so at the very end, when they're walking, she takes a, she takes a picture of her with the hair and she's like, Oh, she's going to love that. Yes. <laughs> just a mess of thing. <laughs> And then she even yeah, kind of yeah. poses for it too. It woke, like after the second picture, yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, just it's funny because it just ends with the two of them again. This one, the two of them just walking off like a like I said, like a couple of badasses. Um, so again, talking about the the cheaply, like you could tell this thing oh, was yeah. made on the cheap because it's like a 
pretty every bad time they're in the truck, screen. every time it explodes, um, like, <laughs> especially the explosion. yeah, yeah, the the, the yeah, uh, the fire effects and the explosions are really bad. But no, it doesn't no. really matter. Like it, it's it, it, it you know it's that's not the point of of the story. Like spending a bunch of extra money on that stuff isn't really gonna for me wouldn't really add much to the to the story. Um, and and I think I think if if it wasn't if we didn't have the strong presence of characters and just kind of the wacky concept, I think that stuff would have stood out way more and would have been much more of a distraction. Um, like if this was the main show and the tone that the main show has, I think it would have been a detra- a, a detraction yeah. from the main show. But given that this is kind of a quirky concept to begin with, it didn't really. No, that's what I'm saying. Me. Like this is, but yeah, so that's, I, well, you know, very, the example I look at right now is Marvel, obviously, because they keep having these TV shows, and I'm hit or miss on them. But my biggest issue with them, for the most part, because some do do this, is that they don't feel like TV shows. Right. And you have that. That's a format where yeah. you can, just like movies, you can do anything. You can do anything with TV. And instead, their option has mainly been to just make you know, long versions of their movies that aren't well written or well crafted for the, for a lot of them. Some of them work better than others. I think like WandaVision takes advantage of the fact that it's a TV format. Uh, and so far she Hulk is doing that yes. as well. And I think Ms. Marvel handled it pretty well, but like this is great as far as, Hey, we're a TV anthology series. So that's one off episodes. What fun can we have with that? And that's what I, it's just like, what if we did a yes. Groundhog Day episode? Does that make sense? Who cares? It's whatever. Like, I like, if that's the goal of this, yes. if there's going to be more, not exactly this, obviously, but if there's going to be more like, what's stopping us kind of methodology, mm-hmm. I'm into that. I'm into seeing what that's going to be. I hope that play, you know, pans out. Yeah. It was something I, I didn't know I wanted to see it till I saw it. I mean, it was really, it was really, yeah entertaining i it, it just surprised me that they did this it totally did it did remind me yeah i am watching tv yeah i just i like when they do something different right i mean it, it's it'd be so easy to just fall back into what they do with the other shows right. and we have the other shows for that like i don't i don't need to see the same you know thing we saw with i think world beyond was like that it didn't work when they tried that right you know i get with fear you know, it's like, okay, the second show, they, they, they're trying to just kind of, you know, expand out, you know, what the main brand is. But I think with World Beyond, it, it just did didn't it. work. And so I, I think going in a completely different direction with yeah. this was probably they, the smart And they smart felt player. real. I mean, these characters just felt like they just had great chemistry and they felt real and gen- and And Parker Posey, I mean she's always been able to play these parts. I don't care how many times she plays a character like this. I can't stop watching it. Like you, when she's on screen, she just, she just attracts your eye, all her little quirks and mannerisms and things that she does. It's just, uh, it's just, if it was a real person you had to deal with, you would hate her. But, uh, being that, you know, we're watching this character. It is, it is, it is such a, um, it's just such an entertaining uh, a thing to watch, um, and it made me laugh like a bunch of times. Uh, how, how ridiculous this all was, especially, um, and honest too. I mean, like both. It's it's something that both these first two episodes they really peel back the onion of these characters, right? They get into 
these characters are forced to to see a side of themselves that they never want to see because they you know you go through you know a lot of the times you go through life day by day you know you don't look at you know these little things uh that are um this little false shell that they have you know that especially people in an office kind of have because they're you're not working with your friends you're just working in an office professional setting and when they finally just started to crack the shells mm-hmm. uh, and be honest with each other, I'd love that scene. I do. I agree. Great scene. Yeah, it really, really worked. They, you know, yeah. not no time loop movie ever needs to explain the time loop. Like that's right. just beyond it. I do like that this one doesn't try to do that, but it does like present this uh, the uh, folly ado thing. The kind of this this like this, and it's less about like what's causing the yeah. time loop, but more about Gina feeling more like akin with with Blair as far as they're having this shared psychosis, and I, I appreciate that it didn't like dive too far into that. But I just like that it like tried to address something in some way, like have a little bit of you know uh, like thematic play going right. on there to like d- just like give a, a a bit of an extra layer to both these characters and what it is that's connecting them. Hmm. Yeah. And I just there's something about the ridiculousness right. of they just had to survive till five o'clock. Yeah, that that it's just so ridiculous. But it's it, it I, I'm it, it fit with what they were doing in the episode. Then to try and make it be like, oh, they just need to form you know a bond of friendship and or be selfless or I whatever. Agree. It's like no man, they just need to make it past five o'clock without getting each other killed. Um, I, I just I just thought that was kind of a. Again, makes no sense, but the whole concept of yeah. a repeat yeah, date being a one sense. and so done, why not make it just arbitrary? They didn't feel the need to have to come up with this big explanation of why this is happening and and make up a bunch of rules to about about it. Like, no, it didn't matter. None of that yes. mattered. It what mattered was us watching these two quirky characters who can't who didn't who can't stand each other from day one just have to deal with each other over and over and over. It's the Groundhog Day kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. just, you know, dealing with each other day in, day out, you know, in, in this loop of of craziness and just watching it all just unravel uh, between them. It's just, it's just fun to watch. All right. Um, so what do we get? So how many I'm at four again with this, this one. one. Like, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Like, it, it so yeah. caught me off guard as far as what I was expecting. But then just delivered on it. So like, yeah, if we're giving two for two with this show, no change. Yeah, nice. keep the four. Uh, it, I, it, it was. It, I had a blast watching these characters again. I didn't, you know, once it revealed that it was a kind of a Groundhog Day kind of thing. I didn't know if I would, you know. It was like, well, really? That, I'm surprised that they're doing this, but it it just worked. It was just. It just had such uh, such a synergy when uh, watching them all work together. So I loved it. All right. Yeah, four for, four for me too. I, again, I'm not really the biggest Parker Posey fan, and um, you know, just mm. just generally, and I'm not a Jillian Bell <laughs> the fan. Walking Dead brought you over this week. God, look <laughs> at you! Look at you! Yeah, just for yeah for. 
this actually like and it's funny because Jillian Bell to me always seems to mm-hmm. play the characters like she plays at the beginning of this episode and I just find <laughs> them annoying uh, the characters she plays like that um, but given the change we kind of see over the over the, the course of the show I like their 21 Jump Street the sequel 22 she Jump Street pretty, yeah 22 Jump Street she was pretty funny in that alright so what did the listeners have to say about well, let's see. Let me recall what Kevin Barry said about the last episode. I believe he said, bring on more tales. Okay, so Kevin Barry on this week's episode. Point zero zero one. I like that they are taking chances, but I was not entertained by this episode at all out of five. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love Groundhog Day, but the style of this episode does not hit me. Hit with me. Hope for more next week. So he is optimistic about where things go. He just wasn't into yeah. this episode. Okay. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Kevin Barry has a follow-up. Just to confirm, I wrote my initial review midway into this episode. I just finished. I still hate this episode more than any other I've ever watched. Wow. (laughs) That's fun. Okay. All right. Tammy Isley writes, I don't know how this fits into the universe as a whole, but I loved it. It was a happy Death Day vibe, and I love stuff like that. I also enjoyed the scenes in the office and being stuck with a coworker you don't particularly like. I can definitely relate to that. I give this episode a five. Oh, and Sierra stayed in the room for the entire episode. She never did give me her rating, but at least she stuck around for this one. Uh, and then we have uh, Yuki Oshisawada. He writes, five time loops out of five. Okay, okay, I really love this episode. Now, full disclosure, I'm a sucker for time loop stories. Also, I'm coming down from just beating 12 minutes two days ago, so that plays a part in my enjoyment of this episode. Now, I didn't like Blair and Gina as characters, but seeing them keep dying never failed to make me smile. <laughs> I am disappointed in how the time loop broke. How the loop broke. I thought it would would have been more by impactful if the loop broke by saving Wendell but dying in the process. Speaking of, hey, look, it's fake Wendell. <laughs> um, either way, I'm digging this series, and we all know these two are not making it to the Commonwealth era. After all, we know the military bombs Atlanta 24 hours with the day the sky fell. It's a thing. I don't think they've got the time to get out. I just I just wanted a snack. Come so yeah those are our Gilligan ratings for Blair and Gina nice well not bad so well it wraps it up for for this week we we should be back next week to talk about um D which is the uh uh the alpha alpha the alpha episode yeah yeah and then the one after that is Amy and Dr. Everett, which I think is the Anthony Edwards yeah, it's gonna be episode. Anthony yeah. Edwards, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Wonder, well, here's a question. We're getting, so we're getting an alpha episode. We'll see how that goes. Are, who would you embrace getting more like early days tales from characters we already know? Or vice versa, uh, tales of people. I don't. Are there anyone that's just out there that we just me don't this see anymore? Before I watched the first two, I would say yes, but after watching these two episodes, I don't know. I, I don't. I kind of like seeing fresh faces. Yeah, I'd agree. What's yeah. his? Um, I I guess maybe if they did one on um, oh, what's his face, Doctor Dre. Oh Heath. yeah, he's out there. He's just, Heath. He, yeah. Heath, yeah, yes. Wrap up the Heath there. story. Uh, yeah. 
mean, yeah, I don't have true. any you know way here or there on it. Like if it's if the if the quality stays, I mean that all of us would say that if the quality's there, then yeah. it's good. It's good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I would agree with you, Daryl. As far as like, I'm happy seeing just these one-off episodes of people I've just never seen before, like doing you know, especially when it's fun guest stars, essentially. Yeah. You know, Anthony Edward, he's always a bucket of laughs, right? Oh so, yeah, if, yeah. Whether it's you know ER or Top Gun, he's always bringing the funny. That's what they said about. Him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or uh, we work, right? <laughs> Especially we work. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. So, Aaron, where can folks find you on the internet? I'm in places. You can find me co-hosting the podcast Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Uh, my friend Abe and I talk about weekly movie releases, and we do a commentary every month and other fun bonus stuff. I also write for Wheel Entertainment, where I'm currently writing about Tales of the Walking Dead. I've written about the first two episodes so far. We'll see if I can keep that going. Uh, but so far, it's been working out, so I'm happy. And it's only, what, like six It's like six episodes? Is that where we got? Six. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll be able to keep doing that. But it, it is fun to just you know write about Walking Dead again. Um, so, yeah, that and my movie reviews are there. I'm also on Wise to Blue for Criterion and Blu-ray reviews. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Nice. Daryl? Uh, you can find my Twitter on the voice one two three. Gotham, uh, my geeks, we kind of took a summer break, even though we didn't plan it. Um, but hopefully, we'll be back probably in September. Uh, you can also check out my uh, Nothing's On podcast, the TV podcast, which uh, we record a little bit more regularly, especially with everything happening in TV. Um, they also took us off HBO Max. Uh, recently, so we're trying to find another you host. You too. Dang it. Yeah, couldn't help it. But uh, yeah, that's about it. Russ, how about you? Uh, just right here, hhwlod.com, where uh, we'll do Walking Dead. Cool. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back next week to talk more tales. Um, maybe we'll have some, some more news as we're getting closer and closer to the return. Uh, the the final return of the, of the main show, um, or maybe some news on uh, on some of the spinoffs. So thanks everyone for watching. Um, until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth. Don't leave your solar-ish powered motorcycle unattended. That tracks. Yeah, you shouldn't have to tell people that. <laughs>